This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, and here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not telling Joe Biden to watch his back. Check it out. Democratic Congresswoman Pramia Jayapal telling Biden to soften his support of Israel. Oh, shut up, woman. Anti-Semitism running rampant in the tolerance party known as the Democrats. The hate has no home here. Coexist party wanting nothing to do with the idea of Israel and Palestine coexisting. Democrats are so full of crap. It's going to be a real sloppy Monday because it was a food fight out there across the country this weekend. We'll bring it all to justice in a spirited three hours. 888-788-9910. You know the deal. You could be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. I don't care. Okay, I'm not an activist. I am a talk show host. All we ever ask on this show is that you don't be a. There it is. Happy Monday. Uh, I had a great weekend. I was down in the D.C. swamp filming scenes for my documentary that is coming out on Fox Nation January the 28th. Uh, It has to do with cancel culture and my new book and all of the performative censorship that they're engaging in on the left wing uh, to show everybody that these woke scolds care about people. Okay, but the reality is nobody, and I mean nobody, who's been selling you that agenda of social justice and tolerance and anything in between, okay, has done more to expose the hypocrisy in their agenda than the people on the left voicing their support for Hamas. Correct the mundo. We're going to spend a little time on that. We're going to talk today with Byron Donalds, who did not become the Speaker of the House, but the hot rumor right now is he is at the tippy top of the list to be Donald Trump's vice president. Whoa. And uh, Jason Chaffetz is going to weigh in uh, and get us some background on new House Speaker Mike Johnson, uh, who is taking all kinds of attack from the left-wing members of the media. The media is a bunch of losers. And yes, Lincoln Fallett will round it out. Today's Lincoln's last day of the football season. The Clark Rams, the mighty 6-1 and one Clark Rams, go into Roosevelt. Roosevelt tonight. It's a Monday night football game, and they're going up against the high school of Chuck D and Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. This could be a problem. I don't know. Not for the Rams. They've been a good road team, and it's pouring uh, back on Long Island, so I think that's a good uh, omen for their performance because they've won every game they've played in the rain this year. But 888-788-9910. That's the phone number. I know I said it. I'm giving you a healthy reminder. There's a lot to weigh in on. It's going to be a busy day. We will begin with the clown show in D.C. <laughs> Listen to this one, okay? So Biden, to his credit, we're very critical of the president on the show. But if he does something, you know, worthy of an attaboy or whatever the case may be, obviously we will, you know, call a fair fight. Balls and strikes. That's what we do on the show. I am not here to show for one party. Okay, but understand, when Biden gets on the air and says the right thing about Israel, I do applaud his public posture. 
However, I give him an incomplete. Why? Because we're financing both sides of every conflict we're currently engaged in. Okay, our domestic energy policy has what's enriched Vladimir Putin enough to attack Ukraine. At the same time, we're sending all of our money over to Ukraine to head off attacks that wouldn't be happening if we were still a net exporter of energy. No differently than all of the subsidies and access that we've given to Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, is what's allowing them to finance the proxy attacks on our own military and our allies in the region. So while Biden sends money to Israel and gets out there and says the right things about Israel, okay, let's not miss in the, you know, fog of war. That's the phrase they use a lot these days. Let's not forget the fact that while he is publicly declaring his support for Israel, he's doing more than anybody to finance their opponents. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Of course it is. But when it comes to Premier Jayapal, of course she's not complaining that Biden sends money to Iran. Because Biden, again, is empowering Iran to sponsor attacks on us and our allies. Jayapal's on board with that. She's a raging anti-Semite. Okay, the people chanting death to Israel from the river to the sea, she loves the fact that they're getting Venmos from Biden. She thinks that's the greatest thing in the world. What she doesn't love is when Biden expresses support for the Israeli people. So here is Jayapal telling Biden to be careful about his rhetoric on Israel, my goodness. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Seriously, trash comment. Here it is, clip four. What I think is that the president needs to be just as courageous on this issue. Whoop. Oh, it did? Okay. Live radio. <laughs> and there it went. We're going to play this for you again in a second because the actual system we played on just crashed. <laughs> mid mid clip we hit josh hit play walked away and the system went down that's just how white folks will do that's it. that's how they did us but we'll be back here in a second to give you the clip but you know that's reality okay is the clip i'm setting up for you is really not going to jump out at you that much because you've heard so much support for hamas in the last three weeks Okay, you've heard of the Rashida Tlaibs and the Ilhan Omars of the worlds, okay, go out there and talk about how this was somehow justified because they've reduced this entire conflict to a standoff between white people and brown people. And the white people must be oppressing the brown people. Ergo, the brown people are entitled to do whatever they want to the white people. (laughs) That's not what this is. But that's the limited worldview. That's the limited mindset. That's helping people advance a pro-Hamas agenda. Okay, what we're watching right now, and it really is like so disappointing, man. It really is. Is we're living in the most intellectually lazy time there has ever been to be alive. Nobody wants to think anymore. Nobody reads articles. They read headlines. That's how the media does as much damage as they do. Okay, think of the run-up to the 2020 election. The headlines were... Intel officials debunk Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation. But that was the headline. And that was enough for people on the left to be like, why are the Republicans talking about this? Hunter Biden's not running for president. His dad's running for president. Are you the big man, Joe? Yeah, the point is they weren't attacking Hunter Biden for being a dirtbag and a crackhead. It made for good memes and fodder. 
and they were well aware he wasn't running for president. Okay, their bigger concern is that he was a conduit to which foreign entities were buying access to this president by wiring money through his drug addicted son. Hunter's a dirtbag. And lo and behold, everybody who ran cover for this story with a headline called this has been debunked has ultimately caught up with the story post-election and said what in the New York Times and the Washington Post? Oh, yeah, by the way, I know we ran those headlines saying it was debunked Russian disinformation, but as it turns out, the laptop was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. But every single time one of these jackasses on the left, in the squad, or anywhere in academia that's trying to create a moral equivalency between Israel and Hamas just generates a headline. It just generates a headline. Hey, Hamas is doing the right thing here, you understand? No, they're not. Okay, no differently than, hey, Israel, they bombed the hospital, said the New York Times. You are so full of sh. But those headlines are enough to empower people whose emotions are their facts to have open contempt for Israel, contempt that they feel entitled to express in public. You think about colleges right now, where a year ago you couldn't say anything. You couldn't tell jokes on a college campus. They were canceling Halloween. But now a year later it's okay to chant that you got to kill all the Jewish people. It's crazy. But they get empowered. They feel emboldened to do things like this because we are living in such an intellectually lazy time where no one reads beyond the headline. The headline here from Premier Jayapal is that Biden better watch his back. Here it is, clip four. What I think is that the president needs to be just as courageous on this issue so that we keep the unity within our country mm. for the support of the incredible things he has done. Mm. He is, I think, um, you know, going to be challenged to explain uh, an issue of this moral significance to people. The American people are actually quite far away from where uh, the president and even Congress, the majority of Congress, has been on Israel and Gaza. They, they support the right for Israel to defend itself, to exist, but they do not support a war crime exchanged for another war crime. And I think the president has to be careful about that. I mean, what an idiot. Seriously. Okay, because what she's trying to do here when she talks about the president and you know, he's going to be challenged to explain an issue of this moral significance. Okay, understand, there is no moral comparison between what Hamas is doing and what Israel is doing. Israel, okay, was having a dance party three Saturdays ago at 2.30 in the morning when Hamas paraglided in and killed everybody there. Okay, burnt families alive in their homes. We've now confirmed a report, sadly that the girl who was raped and dragged through the streets in the aftermath all over social media has been found dead and beheaded. Yes, we have confirmed the reports of 41 beheaded babies, including a most recent report that involves a baby being baked to death in an oven by Hamas. That's what's going on. And you understand every single one of these people who gets out there like Jayapal and tries to compare Israel to Hamas should be out there trying to remind everyone that there is no comparison between Hamas and the Palestinian citizens. I think he's got a point. But the reason they're not out there making that point, the reason they're not out there trying to draw that distinction, is because the truth is 
they all hold the same values. He knows what he's talking about. That's the bottom line here. Okay, the people of Gaza elected Hamas. Now, again, I don't doubt that it was a precarious voting situation. If a terror group is on the ballot, you're probably pretty self-conscious about voting against them. But there is no divide between what Hamas espouses and what the people of Gaza chant. From the river to the sea, by any means necessary, Palestine must be free. That means anything is justified from the river to the sea. This is not about a two-state solution, okay? Israel and Gaza, okay, and the West Bank, okay, from the river to the sea comprises all of that. They want Israel wiped off the map. So when Jayapal warns Biden, hey, you better watch your back. Okay, what she's saying is, yeah, you'll lose the support of these idiots on the woke left who don't know what they're talking about, whose emotions are their facts. Eighty percent of the American people support Israel in this conflict. So when she says Biden's out of touch, it's not out. of He's actually not in this instance out of touch with the will of the American people. He's certainly out of touch with what's going on at Ivy League campuses right now and what members of the squad are out there preaching every single day. Okay, but the reason somebody like Jaya Powell feels entitled to voice these concerns is because she's catering to the most intellectually lazy people there are. Okay, identity politics is the laziest thing there is. It's the antithesis of what the civil rights movement fought for. Okay, Martin Luther King wanted to live in a world where you judge people on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Now, judging people on the content of their character, that takes time. You got to get to know them. Okay, that takes effort. You've got to read beyond the headlines. Judging someone by the color of their skin and reducing every single interaction in our world to skin color is, I mean, a home run. If you're one of the intellectually lazy people on the left that just wants to be able to say that you know better. But that's who these people are. They're the people out there every day shamelessly supporting Hamas and telling the world they do so because they know better than you. Okay, but these folks doing the chanting, they don't need Biden to watch his back. They need someone to hang up a mirror in their apartment so they can stare into it and see that the real frauds are them. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the son of man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bill Maher had Jessica Tarloff on his show over the weekend. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. You stop it. Tarloff's a great friend of the show. And they had a back and forth on the situation in Palestine and Hamas. Let's lead off with JT's take on Real Time with Bill Maher. Here it is, clip eight. It has been nice to have a moment of political unity, at least. I'm not a Gen Z Democrat, so as an elder millennial, um, I sound more like a conservative these days, and it's been hilarious. My, uh, like my Jewish liberal friends will text me and they say, oh, this is where you go in the afternoon, because they never watched Fox before. Right. And suddenly they're... <laughs> and I'm like, that's why my hair and makeup always looks so good. Um, but it's completely heart-wrenching um, as a as a Jew and just as someone who believes in democracy and not committing genocide. And I don't know why more Palestinians, and I said this about Rashida Tlaib, for instance, um, who obviously just has a completely separate agenda on this, doesn't take the opportunity for an educational moment about the difference between the Palestinian people and a terrorist organization. Now, I will give Jayapal credit here in a second, but here is Bill Maher's response uh, to what she said, clip nine. I remember when, when the woke took over the word violence and things that weren't violent, or like words, that's violent. It's not violence. Yeah. Like words in a script, that isn't violence. It could possibly incite violence, but you could say that about a lot of things. Now they've done it with this word genocide. It has a very specific meaning, and they just throw it around willy-nilly. It, you know, homicide. To kill your fellow man, fratricide, to kill your brother, patricide, suicide. These all have very specific meanings on who we're killing. That's the side part of it. Genocide means you're trying to kill the entire race of people. Israel has never, if they wanted to, they could. They're not doing that. So this word genocide, it's got to stop. I admire your honesty. Now give them credit. Give them both credit there. Because they're telling you the truth. These college kids, these intellectual lazy people who live in the parlance of identity politics and social justice throw around terms like genocide with no regard for what they mean. We used to say that about racism every day. Okay, we are a country that started at a time of institutionalized slavery, okay, and have made so much mind-blowing levels of progress on race that we've now had a black president. And the guy wasn't even particularly good at the job. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. The point is Barack Obama got elected twice with an overwhelming majority of the vote in this country. And you understand this was a country that 50 years prior to his election had separate lunch counters, had, you know, uh, excuse me, segregated schools, segregated schools we had. Okay, up until the mid 60s and early 70s, segregated schools. Okay. When we proposed integrated busing, that even took a battle because guys like Joe Biden fought against integrated busing. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. I don't know. Maybe you're just somebody who was trying to get on a bus in the 70s and people were like Black Biden were like, no, whites only. Don't ever forget. That's what Joe Biden fought for in the 70s. That's the scam of politics. But in the reductive language of identity politics. And this is what Bill Maher is speaking to. You just throw out the big buzzwords because people want to be on the other side of the bad word. Oh, this guy's racist? Oh, well, not voting with them. They're racist. This other genocide? No, we don't support them. They're committing genocide. 
But the reality is everything, everything, okay, that they're telling you is what they're actually guilty of. Okay, is there anything more racist than the people out there yelling, we've got to eliminate all the Jewish people? The answer is no. But that's the parlance of the woke left. Everything woke turns to There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the show today. It's Monday. We're back in action after a weekend in the swamp. It's a mess down there. Uh, but we had a good time. Lincoln Fail will be joining us at the end of the day today. We're also going to talk to Jason Chaffetz and Byron Donalds. But right now we talk to Kevin in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yo, Kevin. Jimmy, hey, greetings from Hampton Roads, Virginia. Hey, I'm calling in today because, I, I mean, you kind of said it right, at the, right before the last break. But basically Hamas is, is deploying the Democrats' favorite political tactic, that being the Democrats commit an offense, and then their favorite tactic is to accuse the Republicans of it. So true. Um, I first got wind of this. It's a psychological tactic, actually, on the show Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. They were dealing with this serial killer, and before he was executed, they wanted to find out where the rest of the bodies were. And they said, now this guy's going to accuse you of stuff, so what you do is you accuse him back, and that will shut him down. Wow. And, you know, and so, I mean, there's just endless examples of it. I mean, Hillary Clinton hires an MI6, former MI6 agent, to get dirt on Trump, and then they spend two years investigating Trump for doing what she actually openly did. Yep. You know, there's just one thing after another. Well, that's a good so, point you make, too, because they did that with Biden in Ukraine. If you remember, they impeached Trump because they said he was threatening to withhold aid from Ukraine. But Trump was actually just looking into a clip where Biden, as the vice president, had bragged about threatening to withhold aid from Ukraine. Do you remember that? Bingo. Play that little <laughs> thing you got. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, obstruction of justice. Hillary Clinton, yep. 30,000 emails under subpoena. She smashes her phones. But every time Trump asked a question of his an attorney, they're like, obstruction of justice. The Democrats, yeah. Republicans don't adhere to the rule of law, but they openly advocate violating our immigration laws. I mean, yep. it's just one. Th- I mean, even right now, it may not be popular, but the Democrats, in my opinion, rigged the election, and now they're prosecuting Trump for it. Wow, it's crazy. I mean, I will say this. If challenging an election is a crime, you'd have to lock up half the media because they all said 2016 was stolen. So you're not far off the mark on that one, man. It's crazy. Uh, it, uh, you know, as we watch this all play out, if you are familiar with the tactics, which you are, certainly are, you realize, you know, what's happening in real time. And that's what they're doing with this conflict in the Middle East. So Hamas paraglides into Israel, kills everybody in sight, and they immediately go on attack against Israel. Do you remember the term victim blaming? Like they're flat out victim blaming. And it's crazy. But if you see through it, that makes it this much more you know, frustrating and despicable because you can see how full of it they are on these campuses. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, I just don't understand how, I mean, the, the, the Democrat Party consistently tries to play it down the middle when it comes to Israel mm-hmm. or or maybe even on the other side. Yep. So why aren't these Democrats, the, 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 the Jewish Democrats, coming back to the Republican Party? Hopefully this time around. Yeah. You know, I saw a poll the other day mm-hmm. that said that Trump was losing New York by 9 percent, which is interesting because in 2020 he lost it by 22 percent. Wow. Could you imagine? And you know what it is? The city is what ultimately swings it because 99 percent of the counties in New York vote for vote Trump. And it's the city with the massive population that it has that ultimately swings the election. But what's happening for the Democrats is the city's gone so far downhill that I don't doubt they're starting to hemorrhage that support. 
Uh, do you remember when Trump was running, Kevin, and he jokingly bragged that he was so popular he could shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue and get away with it? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Well, sadly, in the city, there's a lot of people that could shoot someone in Fifth Avenue and get away with it. And I, <laughs> that's and I think that's why they're losing support. Uh, well, listen, this was a phone call full of them, so thank you for your time. We'll do it again soon, brother. Thanks, Jimmy. Be well. The great Kevin in Hampton Roads, Virginia. It's projection. Okay. Here is the clip that I just referenced when I was talking to Kevin, who made his excellent point about projection. Donald Trump was impeached for threatening to with hold aid from Ukraine. That was the impeachment. Okay. They said Trump threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine. He was looking into reports that Biden had threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine, which, you know, Biden, we, you know, you can't do that. You can't threaten to withhold aid from a nation. Ergo, we have to impeach Trump for threatening to withhold aid over claims that Biden threatened to withhold aid. There's only one problem for Democrats, and that's the truth. Okay, I've played this for you before. Okay, here is Biden threatening to withhold aid, or at least bragging about the time he threatened to withhold aid. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. He should be behind bars. I mean, that's what we were told. If you threaten to withhold aid from a foreign government, that's high treason. That's corruption. That's a crime. Go to jail. Well, there's Biden on tape bragging about doing exactly that. Biden is such a disaster. So you understand Kevin's spot on when he says it's a never-ending exercise in projection. Hamas chanting, kill every Jew alive, parachutes into Israel and starts killing every Jew in sight. And what do the Democrats run out there and do? Oh, it's genocide by the Jewish people. I mean, listen, everybody knows... All genocides begin with an unarmed dance party in the middle of the night where the people committing the genocide are the ones that get beheaded. Dick, do you get how stupid it is? And I'm not asking you to take a side or align yourself with a political ideology. I'm just asking you to consider the facts of what's going on right now. Okay, we don't have reports, Okay, of Israel beheading 41 babies, dragging women through the street naked after they raped them and then ultimately beheading them like the heartbreaking headline at the top of the Daily Mail right now. It's at the top of a lot of news sites right now. Shani Lauk, uh, just an absolute lovely woman who's dancing innocently at a rave, was kidnapped, raped, dragged through town, and now ultimately found decapitated. Okay, it's a 23-year-old girl. She wasn't committing genocide. She was dancing. Okay, every one of these babies, and we're reading a report this morning that a baby was found baked to death in an oven. Okay, these are not people for whom democracy is a possibility in diplomacy. We just got to chat with them. No, no, they can't be spoken to. People who are capable of putting a baby into an oven cannot be reasoned with because they're not capable of reason if that's what they think is justifiable human behavior. Do you understand how disgusting and barbaric this is? Okay, and that's where we find ourselves in this moment. On college campuses, this is Cornell. 
proud moment for my people upstate New York. And I know it's not you guys. I know it's, you know, sadly, a lot of the faculty at a lot of these schools, okay, that support messages like the one we're hearing here. So a bunch of online posts get made at Jewish students at the Center for Jewish Living at Cornell University over the weekend. The police department has to come out. They sent in a community alert for the entire city of Ithaca. Evidence suggests that targeted locations were intentionally selected because of perpetrators' bias, meaning the people wanted to scare Jewish people. People are being, you know, told to stay away from the kosher cafeteria. Folks, that's not America. A country that was founded on religious freedom is never supposed to utter the words, hey, people who practice this religion, stay home. Uh, Not this isn't your weekend. Stay home. Okay, here it is. Earlier today, a series of horrendous anti-Semitic messages threatening the violence to our Jewish community, specifically naming 104 West, which is the home for the Center for Jewish Living. Threats of violence, absolutely intolerable, blah, blah, blah. Let me find you the accusation. One post. uh, Man, this is crazy. If I see another Jew, uh, if I see another synagogue, another rally for the Zionist, globalist, genocidal, apartheid, dictatorial entity known as Israel, I will bring an assault rifle to campus and shoot all you pig Jews. This is the post. Post continues. Jews are human animals. Deserve a pig's death. Liberation by any means. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Okay, this is on a college that has safe spaces where, like, comedians can't tell certain jokes. But come on down if you want to promise to kill all the Jewish people on campus. This is what you're dealing with right now. Okay, and again, the rhetoric they're using, the language that they're using, the hate, the bile that they're aiming at Jewish people, they're saying is justified because of the hate and bile coming at them. That is offensive, and it is not true. Not even close to true. Okay, again, Israel is not launching paramilitary operations targeting civilians. Okay, Israel has very methodically, as you know, done its best to evacuate people from Gaza, given a heads up whenever an attack is coming to minimize human casualties. And one of the reasons they have to do that is because Hamas is using civilians as human shields. That's what they've done since the beginning of time, because they think a high civilian death count gives them a moral equivalency between themselves and Israel. So what do they do? They put their weapons in hospitals or other densely crowded areas. They surround themselves with children. Then they go, look at all the children Israel's killing. Okay, and to be honest with you, it's a scam. And it's not every day that we quote Hillary Clinton, the people's pantsuit on the show, but I'm going to play you a clip from Hillary. No, God, no, God, please, no, no, no. Stop it. Okay, here she is, people's pantsuit, explaining why people who are calling for a ceasefire don't understand this situation. Now, I'll play you this clip, but you need to get this, man. Okay? We're living in a really transactional political time. And what I mean by that is people are willing to abandon the truth instantaneously if that's the direction the wind happens to be blowing in. They're willing to abandon their principles. They're willing to abandon any grasp of logic. Like a good example would be, okay, up until about a year ago, There was really nowhere you could go in society where we didn't all agree that men couldn't have babies. And the reason there was no disagreement on that is because everybody knows that a biological man can't have a baby. (laughs) Cannot be done. But we're now heavily divided in our society 
and we've abandoned the truth. We've abandoned biology. We've abandoned science. And people have been willing to do so because a political battle line was drawn. And now we're sitting there going, anyone who doesn't say men can have babies is a transphobe. They're committing transgenocide, I tell you. What kind of hate-mongering lunatic would do such a thing? And they're willing to take that public posture with no regard for the facts, no regard for their previously held positions. You understand? None, none, zero, zip, zilch. We are living in the death of shame. Now, people who do understand geopolitics on some level that are willing to speak to reality in this situation are the adults in the room. And you might not be a huge Hillary Clinton fan, but Hillary Clinton, as a former secretary of state, certainly didn't throw a perfect game, uh, if you're familiar with the situation in Benghazi. But the bottom line is Hillary Clinton, in characterizing the situation between Israel and Hamas, completely understands what's in play here. And when you hear people calling for a ceasefire, these people are idiots. Not to mention the fact that they're really omitting you know, a lot of context and truth. When first and foremost, when somebody says, uh, yeah, no, this Israel, there should be a ceasefire. Okay, imagine in a world after 9-11, with the worst ter- terror attack in our history, someone got on the news, okay, and was like, yeah, you know what? The United States shouldn't fight back here. Nah, never bother. You know what the world's reaction to that would have been? Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Okay, straight up. Okay, imagine telling us in the aftermath of 9-11, yeah, just take it. Okay, because a ceasefire is telling Israel to just take it. But you understand what a ceasefire is to Hamas is an invitation to get ready for the next round of fighting. And for whatever we think of Hillary Clinton, if we are going to fancy ourselves as people who call a fair fight on this show, then this clip is absolutely admissible in the court of public opinion on this show. It's clip 10. People who are calling for a ceasefire now do not understand Hamas. That is not possible. It would be such a gift to Hamas because they would spend whatever time there was a ceasefire in effect rebuilding their uh, armaments, you know, creating stronger positions to be able to fend off uh, an eventual um, assault by the Israelis. So. We're in a very different world. I don't think it had to be the world we're in, but that's where we are, and we've got to figure our way uh, forward through it. Okay, listen, I give her credit for saying that, okay, because she's at least speaking to the reality of what Hamas is, okay? They don't honor ceasefires. They may stop shooting missiles for a half hour, but it's just because they're reloading, okay? And that has been the case all the way back to 2005, when the Israelis abandoned Gaza and left Hamas in charge of the region. Anytime you hear ceasefire to Hamas, that just means, all right, quick. It's like halftime at a football game. Okay, let's watch the game film, figure out which plays worked, which plays didn't. So in that regard, at least give Hillary a hand for acknowledging reality, because that is reality. Okay, and certainly, you know, her delivering those remarks is not only a win for people seeking the truth, Probably a win for Bill as well, because if she was speaking over the weekend in Houston, Texas, <laughs> that means he was left to his own devices at happy hour somewhere. Seriously, we're playing quotes from Hillary in Houston. We should probably be playing the fun quotes from Bill at Hooters. I believe that together we can make America great again. 
Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. It's Monday. The world's on fire. We're roasting radio marshmallows, 888-788-9910. You can hear from Byron Donalds, Jason Chaffetz, Lincoln Fallon. We'll be in the house as well. Final game of the year for the Link Man. Uh, really exciting stuff. Uh, football is a central theme in my weekend this weekend. We were down in D.C. We were meeting with Indian tribes who want to bring back the Washington Redskins name. And it was a very fascinating, very, I mean, wow, what an experience. You might not have known this, but the original Redskins logo on the side of the helmet was a man. It was a chief from the Blackfoot tribe that was donated to the NFL because they saw it as a point of pride for Native Americans to be recognized and included on an NFL uniform. Okay, they like things like Braves and Blackhawks and Chiefs. There's a certain pride in calling yourself a chief. And if you don't believe me, ask Elizabeth Warren, okay, a pretendian if ever there was one. But the point is, okay, Native Americans didn't ask for the NFL to punt on the logo. Woke white people did. It's most of the problems we have in society right now as people go out and make symbolic changes as some type of performative gesture of goodwill towards communities that could actually use help. Like when they whacked the Redskins, do you think they went back and then said to the Native Americans, now how can we help? The answer would be no. No, that was supposed to be the help. That's the point. So I'm meeting with an Indian tribe where guys are living on reservations where they don't necessarily have plumbing, adequate heating. Okay. They're eating, as he called it, government cheese. He said he makes fun of people who call it government cheese because they use the slang government cheese. Okay, but we're sitting here in woke white America in liberal academia being like, oh, we got rid of the mascot, so everything's better now. When the reality is nothing has changed. So, so much of this symbolic slacktivism that we engage in in this society. Well, you know, inner city schools are failing black Americans. The neighborhoods are rampantly high with crime. But what if we get rid of Aunt Jemima, change the syrup logo? You know, now that the pancakes are under control, things are better. But here's the reality. If you actually care, if you're still paying attention to these communities, you realize you gotta do better than that. Seriously. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You bet it is. We're fired up. Got a big hour coming up on the show. Jason Chafe, former Utah congressman, is going to be here. And he's going to take us inside the big battle surrounding the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who is catching all kinds of hell from the media. Do you remember the gal who took over for Kaylee McEnany at the White House? I believe her name was Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Maybe so. But she is on the air on MSNBC telling us that Mike Johnson is a threat to all Americans. We should all be concerned because he's a Christian fundamentalist. Oh, my goodness gracious. You don't have a clue. 888-788-9910 if you'd like to help or get one. If you'd like to clue me in, you'd like to be a part of the show. It's Monday. It's another chippy week of news. Whether you're on the TV or the radio, anywhere you find me, we're just taking out the trash, man. 
nonstop, everywhere you turn, the world actually on fire. You know, the adage in sports is you got to play the teams on the schedule. Well, every team on the schedule is a disaster right now. You got a war, you got an open border, you got every one of these dirtbags at these Ivy League schools supporting Hamas. And you've got this moral equivalency effort taking place in the media right now. It's so fascinating because this Saki clip, I wanted to play you really quick. And we won't spend a lot of time on this. But Jen Saki essentially gets out there and says, no, Mike Johnson. Okay, seems fine enough. I mean, how threatening can a guy in a suit and glasses really be? Here it is, clip 15. So let's take a few minutes to talk about this new speaker. First glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine, fine-ish. Conservative, yes, but he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat. And I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? Well, he gave us all a little clue as to how he would govern in an interview this week. Okay, so that's Saki. And now she's tossing to this clip of Mike Johnson, uh, clip 16. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview, it is his worldview. In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humble brag there. So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. That was embarrassing. Okay, Jen Psaki's a circus clown, just a straight up, you know, circus clown. So understand, okay, whether you support the Mike Johnson policies or not, I'm going to play you some of his own words to give you a feel for what they are. Okay, when you hear someone like Jen Psaki attacking him for being religious, okay, which is exactly what she's doing, okay, mocking him for saying, you know, his his, you know, election was an act of God. Okay, what is she really doing? She's mocking religion. Okay, specifically the Christian faith. Bingo. It's the one thing left in the world you're still allowed to openly attack. Although Judaism, I got to be honest. Back in play in the last three weeks. There's certainly a lot of that. But Jen Psaki is not sitting there discussing the policy of Mike Johnson. She's discussing the religion of Mike Johnson. She is trying to assassinate the character of the man as to discredit any of the policies he puts forward. And again, that's more about an effort in winning the fight for control than it is about facing down the issues that affect all of us. So here is Mike Johnson in his own words. He's on Sunday Morning Futures. He's talking about standalone funding for Israel. Now, as you know, Biden gave the big speech last week about the war in Israel. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And what did Biden say? You know, this Israel situation was a dire threat to all of us. They're our strongest ally in the region. Ergo, We need to send $60 billion to Ukraine. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Yeah, this Israel situation's a mess. I'm telling you, it's bad. So we got to send more money to Ukraine. Okay, and to their credit, the House of Representatives, led by Mike Johnson, was like, no, standalone bills. I understand we don't support Vladimir Putin, but the idea that we should just be sending money to Ukraine all willy-nilly and tying that to Israel... 
really does seem short-sighted. At a time when we're $33 trillion in debt and we still can't get an accounting for the money we've already sent Ukraine, it would seem a little foolish to send more money to Ukraine without getting an accounting for what we've already sent there in the first place. I think he's got a point. But anyway, here is Mike Johnson. The policies he's advancing is one that supports our allies, but supports us in the process because we get a standalone bill. What a standalone bill means, just so you guys understand. Okay, and I know most of you get it. But some of you are new to politics because you hear this show and you assume I must be new to politics, too. You're like, wow, this is the dumbest guy I've ever heard on a radio station. But he seems like a good time. This is great. Let's do it, honey. Well, anyway, a standalone bill means you're voting for a bill that has nothing else in it but the bill. For instance, okay, if you had a bill called Save the Puppies, okay, in that standalone version of that bill, Okay, you would focus every dollar and every portion of legislation around saving puppies. Okay, D.C. doesn't normally do that. They give the bill a good name, like the Inflation Reduction Act. And you go, oh, I like, I want to reduce inflation. This is a good bill for But the Inflation Reduction Act was not a standalone bill. So it ultimately was a $6 billion expenditure around climate change. What a fraud. The Inflation Reduction Act, the minute it passed, what did the Biden White House go out there and do? We just passed the biggest climate bill in the history of our nation. But why did they give it a title like the Inflation Reduction Act? Because we desperately need to lower inflation in this country. So they gave the bill a popular name. But because it wasn't a standalone, it allowed them to force other funding into the bill. And that's the biggest problem with how D.C. works right now. They pass these massive bills under a popular name. They're 10,000 pages long. They they, They include funding for everything under the sun. But they only give the people in D.C., you know, overnight to read them, at which point they go vote on them without having read 3% of the bill, at which point they're able to get funding for every pet project and pork that they've put in the bill. This is politics as usual. So to Mike Johnson's credit, whether you like him, Republican, Democrat, or in between, he is doing you a favor when he starts talking about standalone bills. And here he is expressing his support for a standalone funding bill for Israel, clip 13. We're going to move a standalone Israel funding bill this week in the House. I know uh, our colleagues, our Republican uh, colleagues in the Senate uh, have a similar measure. We believe that that is a pressing and urgent need. There, there are lots of things going on around the world uh, that we have to address, and we will. Uh, but right now, what's happening in Israel uh, takes the immediate attention, and I think we've got to separate that and get it through. I, I believe there'll be bipartisan support for that, and I'm going to push very hard for it. So good for him. Okay. Standalone bill. What does that mean? We're only discussing aid for Israel. And to be clear, if you're passing a bill called aid to Israel, there shouldn't be anything else in the bill. Why would you know? That's true. That is true. Okay, this is the point of the bill. Okay, if I say like, hey, kids, okay, we're going to order pizza. I'm like, just so you know, okay, that announcement I made, we're going to order pizza also involves separate funding to take away all your toys and ice cream. Okay, bills should be taken at their word is the point. Okay, if the bill is called inflation reduction, it should reduce inflation. Does the Inflation Reduction Act even target the reduction of inflation? The answer would be no. No. The Congressional Budget Office said it would be inflation neutral best case scenario in the first three years. 
and we could expect it to increase inflation slightly as time went on. Mind you, we did this while we were $33 trillion in debt, and we just printed and spent $6 billion more. That is financial lunacy. Okay, so when you hear Johnson say he wants a standalone bill, it's actually a good thing. But here is Premier Jayapal. I spoke uh, to her earlier saying on Meet the Press after Johnson spoke, we need to be able to question where these taxpayer dollars are going. Now, has she voiced that concern when it comes to funding to Ukraine? The answer would be no. Nope. It's the fact that we're sending it to Jewish people. It has Jayapal up in arms. Here it is, clip 14. At the end of the day, the, the president and the United States is absolutely uh, responsible because we also have been the largest military backer of aid to Israel. Yeah. We need to be able to question where U.S. taxpayer dollars are going and what accountability the United States has in ensuring, for example, that when the president calls for Israel to uh, adhere to the international laws of war, that they actually are doing that. Otherwise, we are complicit in a way that almost no other country in the world is. Oh, man. Oh, shut up, woman. Seriously, just hard to listen to. Okay, she never voices this concern with Ukraine. We sent a gazillion dollars to Ukraine. We've sent them over $100 billion to Ukraine. And you don't get a word out of the squad about, well, we need an accounting for these dollars. Okay, when people call out for an accounting of the aid to Ukraine, the response is, what do you want, Putin's side? What do you work for the Kremlin? What a dirtbag you are. Who asks that kind of question? Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Because, again, it's true. Journalism, academia... It's not about, okay, what it used to be about. You know, you used to stand out in journalism by cracking a story that nobody else was even pursuing, let alone figuring out. But now you get ahead in journalism by just trying to fit in. Wait, how do we feel? What are we doing? Okay, oh, we're, we're, we're cool with this Ukraine thing, Putin bad, Ukraine good. Okay, no, no, great, no, no, just, yeah, never ask another question. Here you go, take the money. Okay, but now we're sitting here where there's factions of journalism, you know, like the New York Times, openly cheering for Hamas, spreading terrorist propaganda when it comes to hospital attacks. And then suddenly it becomes convenient and trendy and cool to go, by the way, we're sending money to Israel. How about a federal accounting? How about an order to that money? We don't just send out money all willy-nilly out here, you know. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, $100 billion to Ukraine, not a single solitary Democrat asking for an accounting of the money. So what's going on? When you hear Saki attacking Mike Johnson, when you hear Democrats attacking standalone bills, is you're just watching. It's a new it's a new battlefront per se, but it's the same old trick. They want to control the government. They want to be in charge. Okay, and the way that they leverage momentum towards doing so is by making this about character attacks instead of confronting the issue straight on. Okay, here's reality right now. The United States is the world's police. That's who we are. We are the world's police. The world's on fire. We're the ones who are called upon to come in and stabilize regions. Yet somehow we are also the world's ATM. Now, seriously, think about it. If we're the world's police, shouldn't the world be paying us for the protection? Like, I understand we have bigger economies and there are people we need to help. But if we are, at the very least, going to be asked to not only perform as the world's police and also the de facto ATM, 
I think we very well should be entitled to knowing where our money's going because the cops can't keep showing up if they eventually run out of gas money. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bit of a hullabaloo ensuing on the social media yesterday. I was at a, I was filming at FedEx Field yesterday, Washington D.C. I was asking football goers if they want to bring back the Washington Redskins name or they want to get rid of it. Fifty-three people up, fifty-three people down. Every single one of them said, "Keep the Redskins name." <laughs> now, good for you because you're right. It's a halftime show. Okay, it doesn't save anything for anybody. It's superficial. It's stupid. Never mind that it's an affront to the Native American tribes who actually donated the likeness for the Washington Redskins logo. I've been harping on this today because a lot of the performative censorship in our country that masquerades as progress is really just making life harder on everybody because we're policing things like football games where we're supposed to go to tune out and have fun with a lot more intensity than we're actually policing the ongoing decay of our society. Yo, seriously, more people participated in the last two years in a discussion around the Washington Redskins mascot than they did around, you know, the actual ground game in this country, which is 7 million people running across our southern border under Biden's leadership. Biden sucks. Okay, for real. We don't converse with as much passion. We don't scale properly when it comes to real issues. Okay, the way we do when it comes to some culture war thing. Well, you know, uh, Aunt Jemima, Mrs. Butterworth, that's bad. We've got to get rid of them. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. And the reason being is because in the name of some type of societal progress, what did we ultimately do? We just screwed a couple of black families out of royalties. Hey, we're the woke left. We're here to make society perfect. So we're going to cut some black families off from a paycheck. That's what they did. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. It's so stupid. Okay, but this is how most of the work gets done in this country for the left as they go out and they just attack the character of something as if they're somehow heroes and they're somehow delivering us from a you know fake oppression. You don't understand the syrup oppression going on in this country. And don't ever get us started on rice with Uncle Ben's, that bigot. Uncle Ben's rice, just so you guys, if you don't know the story, Uncle Ben's rice actually stems from a farmer. There was a farmer in Texas who was famous for growing a grain of rice that was very popular in the area. Uh, And when he did not participate as the likeness of the image he was named after of the brand that was being named in his honor, they hired a black waiter in Chicago, the two founders of the company did, who portrayed Uncle Ben on the box and his family made royalties. Well, in the summer of 2020, because we were all about equality and getting rid of systemic racism, what did they do? They went out and they whacked Uncle Ben. So his family gets cut out of royalties just because the woke left wanted to call something else racist and show the world that they knew better than everyone else. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally, but I keep bringing this up. Why? 
because all of the people who called you racist, everyone on that woke left who waged a war of identity politics, is now sitting here siding with Hamas. Hamas, genocidal racist lunatics who were taught from the second they come out of the womb that we've got to kill all the Jews. That's who the left supports, okay? That's the insanity of right now. So when you hear me talking about all of the censorship and all of the slacktivism that's engulfed our society in the last few years, it's to remind you that the people forcing it on you are the most racist ones among us. Really bananas. Okay, but that's where we find ourselves on the, you know, I always say in sports, you got to play the teams on the schedule. I repeat myself a lot on this one. Why? Because the schedule these days is just packed with one ridiculously bad matchup after another. It just really is. And, you know, especially on a Monday at the beginning of the week, you know, we come back peppy. It's the weekend. We're in good spirits. Lincoln's got a football game today. There's a lot to be excited about. And there really is. But I'm simultaneously scared by the fact that I'm now called upon to be one of the adults in the room. It's like, dude, I didn't sign up for this gig. But the sad reality is everybody else is in like such an aggressive race to the bottom that by default, regular folks like you and me are the ones on top. Nuts. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Man, oh boy, oh man, what a mess out there. World is on fire. If you need to blow off some steam, you want to come hang out with your radio buddy, I'm going back out on the road in November, November the 11th. If you're listening on WYBX up in Utica, you will see me at the Stanley Theater with Kennedy, November 11th, heading up to the Stanley to eat some Utica greens with WYBX. And yes, me and Davey are going to beat up Jeff Manaski. If you're listening in IBX, you heard it here first. It's going to go down. Uh, the following week, I will be at the Patriot Awards. Thursday night, November the 16th, I am opening the show before I hand off to the live broadcast and Pete Hegseth, cable news super hunk that he is. You'll see me down at the Grand Old Opry Thursday night, November the 16th. Uh, Friday the 17th, Saturday the 18th, Naples, Florida. Here we come, the Off the Hook Comedy Club getting down to the Sunshine State. And then, of course, we will be back on the road in December. It is December the 2nd. That is at the Carson Nugget, Carson, Nevada. And I am pumped up to get the band back together with the KKFT listeners, the KSUE listeners. The last time I was there, Lincoln and I probably had the rowdiest night of our lives. And we're really looking forward to giving it another go-round. But if, in fact, we survive, you will see us the following weekend at Texas Music City. Uh, that is Saturday night, December the 9th. We're heading down to Texas to see the KTBB listeners. And then we will, of course, be spending the following weekend at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Sully and the gang uh, will be there Saturday night, December the 16th, shutting it down for two shows. Get some tickets. Come hang out with your radio buddy. Because the truth is, it's not a lot of comedy on your TV set right now. It is grim, man. It is really grim. you got a war going on that obviously... You know, oh, we owe it our attention and our consideration. And uh, as a result of that, Gutfeld is canceled again tonight. Uh, Tomorrow night, I am scheduled to either be guesting on Gutfeld or potentially hosting Gutfeld, depending on whether or not the show actually airs. And, uh, you know, the challenge we're facing right now at Fox, as you would imagine, is, you know, there's a war going on and people are dying. And I understand a lot of you need an outlet and you want to laugh, but at the same time as a news network, we owe all of our consideration at a time when there's mass chaos taking place on the other side of the world amongst our biggest ally in the region, it being Israel. We do owe that our attention. So I cannot guarantee you 
you will see me on Gutfeld tomorrow night. Uh, and maybe that's addition by subtraction because it's Halloween and Lord knows, Lord knows what I was going to wear on the air tomorrow night. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I actually got, it's funny, I got three jackets over the weekend and I showed them to Jenny last night. She loved all of them. Mm. All right, well, she liked two of them. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. I don't see this ending good for me. Uh, somebody else that doesn't seem to be ending good for right now in this moment when you look around the world of politics, man, it's so stupid, but one of the phenomenon we have in the country right now, okay, with all of this stuff going on in the Middle East, is you've got people out there now, okay, who are hanging up posters of folks who have been kidnapped. Now, in theory, they were kidnapped over in Gaza, so hanging up their picture over here in New York isn't so much an exercise in solving the crime so much as it is a reminder to the crimes being perpetrated to the need for us to not avert our gaze from the atrocities. Okay, I don't like talking to you about war for two or three hours a day, but one of the reasons the Holocaust was able to happen is because people did, in fact, look the other way. I mean, not everybody looked the other way. Some folks, like the New York Times, continue to write flattering portrayals of Hitler and the Nazis, okay? But the majority of people, okay, that did look away enabled a context where this was possible. And right now, if we don't continue to report on all the disgusting things taking place at college campuses in this country, at all the people in you know the left wing of our Congress openly supporting Hamas and saying Israel are oppressors and everything in between, then we do participate in creating that context where the people who want to eradicate the Jewish race feel emboldened to do so. Okay, so one of the things that's been happening over here in New York is people are hanging up posters of missing people. And again, they're doing so to draw attention to the cause. Well, sadly, and this has become a quite regular phenomenon, whether you're seeing it in London, whether you're seeing here in New York or you're seeing it across the country, folks are now walking around and openly tearing down the posters of the missing people. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Totally. Okay, just disgusting. And the latest one, okay, this is a video that went viral over the weekend. Involves a couple of New Yorkers taking exception to a guy that was tearing down the posters. Clip 11. All right. I'm a veteran. I'm telling you. All right. Don't do it. I'm not Jewish. Jewish. He's not Jewish. Jewish. I don't know if he is or not. It doesn't matter. This is in the U.S. That's New York City. You don't have a right to touch that This is a free country. You can wave your Palestine flag and say death to the Jews or America, whatever you want. But we can put a sign. Okay? Then don't rip that down. You are doing something. You're offending us. Yeah, you are. When you throw that on the floor, no, you're littering the city. I did, I did in a minute, I'm going to litter the f floor with you. You have the proof? So move the f on. Do you have proof they're don't not kidnapped? No, don't so touch. shut the f up. Don't touch. Don't touch. I know that's what you want. I'm dying to f you in the hospital. Come on, you piece of Whoa! So those are New Yorkers threatening to beat up a guy who's tearing down signs. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. But we've also seen this over the weekend where a Broadway, Broadway producer was walking around with a pair of scissors, openly cutting down the signs. Do you get, and, and I do mean this, man. Okay, this is ultimately how, okay, things like the Holocaust are able to happen. You emboldened the racists. You get out there and you wage a propaganda war that draws a moral equivalence between the good guys and the bad guys. Okay, to pee, pee, hear people on the left tell it, to hear the people tearing down these signs tell it, 
Hamas and Israel are somehow on equal footing here. That is a fact check false. Okay, but that's the reality we're running up against. And that's why you do have to sit here and continuously draw attention to it, if only because turning a blind eye because it's inconvenient for you creates a world where it gets really inconvenient for the people they want to kill. And it's scary stuff. Okay, as it pertains to the 2024 election, we know someone is going to be tasked with addressing this head on in our country. Okay, that someone is not going to be Mike Pence. Here's your former vice president sending in the punt team over the weekend, clip 17. I came here to say it's become clear to me. This is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Now, I'm leaving this campaign, but let me promise you, I will never leave the fight for conservative values, and I will never stop fighting to elect principled Republican leaders to every office in the land. Okay, so that's the end of the Pence campaign. Get him out of here. Get him out. I mean, it's such a bonkers world we're living in, though where the former vice president is running against the former president, not that Pence ever had any shot whatsoever. Nice guy. I've met him a lot over the years as a vice president, again, here as a potential candidate. Uh, And I genuinely enjoy him off the air. And I think he is a principled conservative. I do not consider him a traitor to Trump by any sense of the word. I think, you know, in having a higher loyalty to America, Pence did what he believed was right in his heart in not throwing the country into chaos in the aftermath of the 2020 election. Because the truth is, everybody who told you they had proof that it was stolen is now testifying to the fact that they didn't have the proof. They were lying to Trump and they were engaged in a fraud. And sadly, okay, I know it is impossible to look at Joe Biden and believe the guy's the highest vote getter in the history of our country. I agree with that. Okay, but what ultimately happened in 2020 is I don't believe they stole it after the election. I don't. I actually believe on the front end, They were able to juice turnout, mail-in balloting, ballot harvesting, okay, 24-hour drop boxes. I think they utilized COVID as a means to change the rules and get a much higher turnout for a candidate nobody would have stood in line to vote for on Election Day. Tell them like it is. Okay, again, nobody voted for Biden. They voted against Trump. But understand, when you look out at the country right now, Okay, the aftermath, whether you think the vote was legitimate, whether you think it was stolen, whether you think Pence was right, whether you think Pence was wrong. Okay, the guy stood up for the conservative values he believed in. And whether that means he ever had a chance for running a president or not. Okay, you can applaud someone who's remained principled in this day and age because there's not a lot of them out there in our politics. Now, again, Pence never had a chance ever, 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 ever. He might have been too boring. He might have alienated too much of Trump's support. And to be honest, he didn't have any Democrat support. and He wasn't about to get any because they had long since weaponized his religion against him. Okay, and said, you know, he was anti-gay and how was he going to govern? And let's be honest. Okay, Pence was not anti-gay so much as he was pro-Bible and had a worldview uh, that he believed in. And to be honest with you, it's a worldview that Joe Biden believed in until the Democrats told him not to. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. 
Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Whoa! And then one day they were like, by the way, we can pick up votes if we say gay marriage is cool. And what do you think Biden did? Come on down! That is totally absurd! Well, fine. Listen, I support gay marriage. Anybody wants to get married, just go get married. I'm not going to get into this debate. You know, the gays couldn't do any worse with it than the conservatives did. <laughs> the, the marriage numbers aren't, I mean, or than, than the straight people did anyway. The, the marital, marital success rates aren't that high. So we can't act like straight people with the Beatles of marriage putting out one hit record after another. We've had a lot of flops out there. Okay, but the reality is Pence was a principled guy. And yes, he and Trump did not win the 2020 election. Uh, regardless of what you think of the integrity of the vote, the reality is, um, you know, Trump and Pence did not come away with this with another four terms in office. But the other reality is when you look out at the state of the country right now, okay, Trump and Pence didn't lose the 2020 election. America did because this whole entire place is a mess being run by Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you at 888-788-9910. Somebody who has just snuck past the call screener yet again, former Utah congressman, Fox News multimedia matinee idol, Jason Chaffetz, back on the show. Hey, man. I got people, Jimmy. I got people. (laughs) You got dirt on Mikey is what you got. Uh, It's everywhere. It's one of the perks of being the oversight chairman. (laughs) I'm just telling you, we got got ways. Yeah, you do. Well, listen, Mikey was at Giants Stadium yesterday rooting for the Giants. I I can't. I watched that game. That was the most thrilling, boring game I've ever seen in my life. 24 punts, Chaffetz. They're hey, just, I'm a kicker. Yeah, you well, know me, true. I'm a kicker. I was loving it. <laughs> that was that was up your alley. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Listen, uh, the, the I ju- was I yeah. want you to know I was once quoted in Sports Illustrated. Whoa, get out of uh, here! Yeah, you know that they said it. Mm-hmm. I said because they some Sports Illustrated reporter asked me because I was a place kicker in college mm-hmm. once upon a time, and I said, yeah, being a kicker is a lot like being in the ballet. A lot of high kicks. And if they touch you, they throw a flag. <laughs> not a lot of contact. Well, not the ballets I go to. <laughs> yeah. We're tipping these dancers. But I get it. I get what's going on. That was on. an incredibly boring game. It was, it was the most boring thing in the world. You know what's funny? While you were doing that, I was down in D.C. I was working on a documentary about my book. And one of the I was meeting with a Native American tribe that donated their likeness to the Redskins because they wanted, you know, they wanted to keep the Redskins logo. Oh, yeah. And I was polling people on the ground at FedEx Field. There's actually like there wasn't a person in the parking lot who doesn't want the Redskins logo to be there. They just weren't consulted on it. You understand? It was just they just kind of got railroaded out of a mascot because it happened during the summer when we were just deciding everything was racist and it had to go. Uh, but I think the lesson we're learning when you look out at the state of the world right now is we got bigger fish to fry than the halftime show, Chaffetz. I like the Redskins. It's an honor to be called the Redskins. Of course. That logo. Come on. That was the point. And the other thing, and this is where the liberals got away with it, man. Talk about pulling a fast one. They tried to make it about skin color, but it's about war paint. Like Redskins, <laughs> they were the highest honor of warrior. 
given the giving the honor of painting their faces before they went into battle. That's what it was about. But the left was like, um, we're not going to sit here and demonize skin color. And that's what a lot of people think the logo is offensive. But it's not offensive to Native Americans. They donated the image. Crazy. But again, the point I was trying to make is when you look out at the world, the halftime show seems kind of trivial comparative to the fact that all the people who railroaded them out of a mascot in the name of inclusion or tolerance or what have you are that same faction of political party that seems to be supporting a terror group named Hamas, Chaffetz. Yeah, it's okay to go ahead and slaughter people, kill people, like literally, like I'm... It, it, these are the same people that preach tolerance all the time. They like lecture people on tolerance. Mm-hmm. My favorite is the congresswoman who uh, Talib, I think it is, yeah, who has not only a Palestinian flag outside of her office, her congressional office, but also a gay pride flag. Of course, <laughs> try try waving the gay flag, gay pride flag in you know Gaza and see how far that gets you. <laughs> I keep saying, man, it's like chickens for Popeyes, you know, cows for McDonald's. Okay, they'll take your support, but it doesn't necessarily end well for you. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's sad because it doesn't need to be that way. But, you know, it's unbelievable to me how many people have bought into this, that it's okay to kill people based on their their religion. Yeah, and that they need to die. It's uh, it, unbelievable. This is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive, Chaffetz. I mean, uh, in all honesty, the Jets and Giants could have saved one of those punts for this era we're living in. We could have just punted on this whole era. <laughs> I think everybody would have been better served. Um, really quickly, looking out at the 2024 race, you've had all kinds of intel. Um, were you stunned to see Mike Pence drop out, as I was? I'm no, kidding. I'm kidding. No, I know. It, it was, you know, <laughs> I saw the Babylon Bee. Oh, what did they say? It was the most popular thing in the campaign that Mike Pence did was drop out of there. <laughs> it was harsh. And see, look, the vice president is a good man. He's yep. a good person. And like he said, he, you know, Wasn't it's just not his time. And he has served his country in the in the House, being a governor, being a vice president. There's a lot to be proud of there. And I he is a good person to his core. I, mm-hmm. I really do believe. Then I got to serve with him, and it was an honor to do so. Yeah, Pence, good guy. Um, and I don't doubt he'll have a future. I mean, in truth, if the Republicans win this election, somebody might even put him in their cabinet in some capacity. You know, he is he, a good principal guy. He could do. Yeah, he, he's never going to uh, embarrass you. He will do the right thing, and mm-hmm. he's a good representative representative of the country. Yeah, I, I just I just think he was living too loose for the electorate. I mean, he's such a wild child, you know. Maybe he should have tried what Newsom did, you know, tackle some kid in China. (laughs) Take him down and, uh, I I mean, come on. That video, just that's going to just keep on giving right there. Because then he gives him the weird man bear hug. That's what's really creepy. That was very Biden-esque. Well, yeah, I was going to say. Any and doubt. then the bear hug. Whoa. If, if there was any doubt over whether or not he was there to do Biden's bidding as the next president of the Democratic Party, he falls over and he sniffs a kid and pats him down. Well, he rolls over on him like, yeah. dude, that's creepy. <laughs> Tall American that I've never met before. <laughs> Weird. Uh, Chaffetz, this, thank you for renewing my faith and my thesis that this is the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. Your work I'll give you an A on that one, Jimmy. There it is. I finally get a passing grade. We'll talk soon, brother. Be well. Bye. The great Jason Chaffetz, there he goes. We're back in the next hour with Lincoln Fela and Byron Donalds on Fox Across America. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Bang! Fired up for a big hour. An embarrassment of radio riches, if you will. Byron Donalds is stopping by. He is at the top of the short list to be Donald Trump's vice president. Hot damn. And, of course, Lincoln Fallon, one-third of the Jackson 3 in my house, who will be cutting class in eighth period to preview the Clark Rams' final football game of the season. They're playing a Monday nighter against Roosevelt. That's a banger. The 6-1 and one Rams putting it all on the line. Lincoln's going to tell you where to put your money this one last time. 888-788-9910 if you want to play some bets uh, one way or the other. Uh, I will tell you this. As we get underway in this hour, we are being run by clowns. It's a familiar refrain. You hear it a lot on this show. But last night, they put Kamala Harris on 60 Minutes. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> 60 Minutes is a crazy story. But over the course of time, 60 Minutes, which was revered, and it was something everybody took seriously, and it was considered kind of the gold standard of TV journalism, it has just absolutely fallen off a cliff. I mean, if you watched last night's Kamala Harris interview. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Now, to be clear, they did ask some tough questions. They questioned Kamala about the lack of popularity uh, in, you know, amongst the electorate. They talked about the Middle East, where she reiterated Biden's message to Iran, which was don't. Okay, unfortunately, as Biden continues to say don't, Iran considers continues to do. Uh, Their proxies have waged 16 different attacks against U.S. troops in the region. But the whole interview, the entire thing, which started out like a propaganda effort for the Democrats, really just went out of its way to expose just how unprepared Biden and his VP happened to be. Because when Kamala was asked about, you know, the idea that Biden might not be on the ticket, he might not even run. (laughs) Kamala's explanation was Biden's very much alive. That's what she said. Joe Biden is very much alive. Come on, man. Okay, uh, which is just such a weird way to phrase things. But it's the end result of what gets said when you're talking to someone who's not comfortable in their own skin. You understand most of what Kamala Harris does when she's speaking in front of a microphone is default to conversational mechanisms that she delivers in a means to sound intelligent. This would be a good example. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been? What can be unburdened by what has been? We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be unburdened by what has been. To see what can be unburdened by what has been. I mean, man, oh boy. Are you stupid or something? She's just really uncomfortable in her own skin. So the answer here is Biden's very much alive. Listen to this clip. It's 18. We were talking to some Democratic donors, Mm -hmm. 
And they have told us that should something befall President Biden, and he is not able to run, Mm -hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for who would run as president. You are in the spot that that would be unnatural for you to step up, but we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line. Why is that? Well, first of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. Oh, Joe Biden very much alive. (laughs) He sort of is, but here's the rest of that answer, clip 20. But you do know, I mean, that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern, I would say. I hear from a lot of different people a lot of different things, but let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. And I frankly, in my head, do not have time for parlor games when we have a president who is running for re-election. That's it. Our democracy is on the line. I mean... Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact-checked. How is our democracy on the line? Other than the fact that the people inside the White House right now are jailing their political opponents, I really can't tell you how it's on the line. When you look at the midterms, okay, anything that was enacted, like voter ID laws in Georgia, things that Joe Biden previously decried as Jim Crow on steroids, all of those efforts resulted in the highest voter turnout in the history of the midterm elections. Yet we were told by the Biden administration at the time that they were enacted that it was worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. So you understand the reason people are jumping into this race to primary Biden, people like Dean Phillips, is because they see how weak this administration is. There's not a lot to hang their hats on in terms of deliverables to the American people. Now, to the credit of 16 minutes, 60 minutes, they did this puff piece on Kamala last night where they showed her in the office. They highlighted all the messaging work she's doing on behalf of the administration. Did they ask her once about her performance as the borders are? The answer would be no. And that's why this is kind of a propaganda effort. You realize she was put in charge of the southern border. The southern border has been overrun by 7 million people. It's the highest recorded number in the history of our country. So the person in charge of that is doing a historically bad job. That's your border czar, Kamala Harris. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But we've just moved on from the subject. That's what we do now, as if it doesn't really matter. Okay, but here is Kamala being asked about why they're not so popular in the administration, clip 19. At the beginning of President Biden's term, 70% of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Now it's less than 50%. Why is that? What's going on? If you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet, it polls as one of their top concerns. When we talk about what we are doing with student loan debt, polls very high. Uh, the challenge that we have as an administration is we've got to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> That's our challenge. But it is not that the work we are doing is not very, very popular with a lot of people. You don't have a clue. Okay, let me. T- <laughs> the challenge we have as an administration, we got to let people know who brought it to them. Oh, they know who brought it to them. The challenge they have is that young people know who gave them the highest level of inflation in their lifetime. Young people know who left the border open. Okay, young people know who is sending every one of our tax dollars to another country at a time when we're $33 trillion in debt. 
You know, so when Kamala says, oh, you know, the young people are passionate about the warming of our planet. They're passionate about student loan forgiveness. Yeah, and what do both of those things have in common? They're both a scam. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Student loan forgiveness, do you understand? The loans are not forgiven. The universities still get paid in full with interest. Student loan forgiveness is simply taking the bill and passing the obligation to pay it from the person who took out the loan to the taxpayer who didn't. That, by definition, is a scam. But this is what she's hanging her hat on as a deliverable. So you understand, okay? The climate. Oh, the country's, the planet's warming. You got to understand. Someone has to tell her and Biden they changed that. It's not global warming anymore because they realized they couldn't sell you on the, on the pla- planet warming. So they had to change the climate chaos and climate change. That's what happened. Okay, the only thing that has remained steadfast, okay, whether it was freezing or it was melting or it was changing, is that everybody pushing that kept saying, Please give us money. And that's where we find ourselves. The young kids have given all of the money, but nothing's changing in their lives. That being said, what did Kamala just tell you? Well, climate change, that's the message. Pay up, suckers. They just want more money. Here is Kamala asked on why they're not running 30 points ahead of Trump. Again, another non-answer. They don't have a deliverable. Clip 21. You have the current front runner for the GOP, Donald Trump, facing, what, 91 criminal charges? I've lost count. Yet the Biden-Harris ticket is running neck and neck with Donald Trump. Why are you not 30 points ahead? Well, I'm not, I'm not a political pundit. When... The American people are able to take a close look at election time on their options. I think the choice is going to be clear. Bill, we're going to win. That is a lie. I don't even know that they're going to be on the ticket. Okay, here's the border discussion. Okay, clip 22. Most Americans say that they don't think you're doing a good job on the border. You and the administration. The number of people trying to cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. Short term, we need a safe, orderly, and humane border policy. And long term, we need to invest in the root causes of migration. But the bottom line, Congress needs to act. Come on, participate in the solution instead of political gamesmanship. Okay, seriously. And that's the most infuriating message right there. Okay, because when it comes to border security, we don't need legislation. Legislation is not why people are coming to our southern border. They're coming to our southern border. Are you ready for it? Because they're getting in. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, if you secure the border, which doesn't require legislation, Okay, they actually reversed policies that were securing the border. You're talking about the building of the wall, when you're talking about the Remain in Mexico policy, when you're talking about Title 42, all things the Biden administration fought in court to get rid of. That is what's ultimately encouraged people to come here illegally. Okay, right now the courts just ruled that the Biden administration can't continue to deconstruct the barriers that are being put in the river by the state of Texas. Texas forced to build barriers because the federal government has abandoned its obligation to secure our southern border. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. So you understand, okay, the reason they're unpopular and people try to, you know, spin this. It's like, well, she's a woman. She's a woman of color. And that's why Kamala is not popular. No, she's not popular because she's full of 
Okay, do you understand head to toe? And that's why her and Biden are such a good team is they're both sociopaths. Okay, Joe Biden has renounced every single position he's ever held. So has Kamala Harris. When Biden was running for president, she said he was a racist because he opposed integrated busing. She got a big applause break. It was the highlight of her campaign before she dropped out when she was polling at 1% in her home state of California. She also said she believed Biden's sexual assault accuser, Tara Reid, making him a rapist. But when Biden called to be the vice, pa- vice president, what was the first thing she did? The guy who said previously, okay, described by her as a racist and a rapist, the minute he offered the VP gig, she was like, I'll be there in a minute. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. And the reason they're being primary now, for real, is because folks on the Democratic side, even though they're not allowed to be honest, okay, meaning in public, Okay, they realize behind the scenes what the truth happens to be. These guys are historically unpopular. Like, do you understand? We, you could tell me, you know, Trump bad or Republicans. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Okay, there has never been a less popular administration in our lifetimes as a country than this one. Okay, they're polling. If you go back in recorded poll number history, lower than anyone. There's no one you can throw at me that had worse poll numbers than them. Whether we were fighting unpopular wars, whether we were going through a depression, whatever you think we were encountering as a nation, however adverse it was, the people leading us held a greater percentage of public faith than what we have in the Oval Office right now. And that was the point of 60 Minutes. It was supposed to be an effort in rehabilitating the image of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. But as you watched her speak last night, as you watched her try to make the case for 2024, what you realize is they didn't have any case to make in 2020. Okay, that's the sad reality of right now. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Dean Phillips, he is trying to primary Biden, alternating his time between campaigning and hiring a food taster because he's being pretty honest. He was on CNN yesterday, and uh, he called the process rigged in the DNC. Uh Uh-oh, here it is, clip 23. Well, the good news, Michael, is thank goodness we still live in a country in which voters make the decision. If they want, this is a choice. Now, I've got the Democratic National Committee uh, competing against me, uh, an extraordinarily large machine. Uh, Of course, it's rigged against any challenger candidate uh, under any circumstance. But what a beautiful example of American democracy, where anybody 35 years old, uh, a U.S. citizen born here, can enter this ring. Okay, so listen, he says it's rigged because the DNC is working against him, which is what Robert Kennedy Jr. ultimately felt and that prompted him to run as an independent. Here's the rest of the Phillips take, clip 24. Uh, we're going to win New Hampshire. Uh, that'll put us on the radar screen. And I'm going to introduce myself to the country and only give people a choice. I'm not running against President Biden. I admire him. You know, I'm running for the future. Uh, I'm running to provide people a choice because if Democrats with a big D uh, defeat democracy with a small D by pushing people aside, telling them to stand down and get out, 
Uh, that is antithetical to meeting the moment, and it's our generation's but, but turn. Congress- Whoa! And they tried to push back on that because, of course, they did. CNN is the worst. Okay, understand what he's saying. The DNC has reconfigured the primary process to benefit Joe Biden. Like, think about that. The Traditionally, Iowa's the first in the nation caucus. It's followed by New Hampshire. But last time around in 2020, Biden got his ass handed to him in both states. Didn't finish any higher than fifth in either state. South Carolina, where James Clyburn is the ultimate kingmaker, whoever he endorses carries South Carolina. So what the DNC is doing in order to create the appearance that Biden is getting off to a strong start in his reelection bid is they've made the first nominating contest South Carolina. So James Clyburn, okay, can tell black voters to support Biden. Biden can get an overwhelmingly easy win in South Carolina, and then they can get on TV with a straight face and go, see, Biden's the hot candidate. Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's exactly what they're trying to do. And in the process, they are eliminating the need for Biden to campaign early in places like Iowa and New Hampshire because they're not first anymore. So Biden's not out there spending money. Biden's not out there doing events. They're trying to shorten the race for one candidate right now as we speak. That's not right. But it also tells you something about the candidate. If they're openly admitting, well, you know, we got to change up the length of the race here for this guy because he can't do the whole thing. They're ultimately telling you he can't run the country. That is correct. If you can't run the whole campaign, you can't run the whole four years. I mean, that's what we're being sold here. So in calling it out, Dean Phillips is doing everybody a favor. Are those comments going to be heard across the country, blared from the mountaintops of every media organization? The answer would be no. Now they're going to sweep it right under the rug. And this is where you realize what a danger it is to the whole country, not one political side, but the whole country, when the media is functioning as propaganda arms of the Democratic Party, and they're just trying to help them get their way. So, Dean Phillips, we do admire your honesty. Byron Donald's another guy who is painfully honest with us on the show, is going to stop by to read America It's Truth. He's on the short list to be Trump's VP. We'll get his take when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And as you know, if you listen to the show regularly, I have a lot of ways to describe this next guest. We call him a superstar congressman from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. Pound for pound, the best sports handicapper we have on this show. He was in the House speaker mix last week. And then yesterday I was watching him on TV talk about the possibility of being Donald Trump's vice president. Joining us now on the show, this is like Fletch, the old movie with Chevy Chase. The guy does it all. It's Byron Donald's back on the show. Hey, man. <laughs> Jimmy, what's up? Fletch? Man, that's... Wow, you're I didn't think you were bring that one up. No, you're beyond flat. This, this is the thing. Now. I, I've been doing a lot. No, you, There's a you, lot been going on. Dude, you're doing it all. But, you know, we used to say you were like a, you know, you were like a defensive end, you know, at Florida State. You know, you're big beast, but you're, you're playing a lot of positions. Now you're like the Cordell Slash Stewart, I think, is more apropos. Remember Slash on the Steelers who played every position? I remember, man, because he, he used to do a lot. You know, wide receiver. They could put him out and play some DB. Yep. Obviously, quarterback. Yeah, he could. Cordell could do a lot. So maybe you are the slash Stewart. <laughs> maybe the slash Stewart of Congress right now. Is that fair? <laughs> 
Man, I don't know, man. I'm just honestly, it's just about just getting the job done. So whatever it calls for, Jimmy, that, that's that's what I'm here to do. Well, listen, utility man. player, you know, maybe I'm, you know, like a, you know, old school, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds, type, Whoa! whatever I, you need to do. I just love Barry the, Bonds used to play all over the field. No, but I, he did. He did all kinds of things. Barry Bonds he used to play all. He used to play all over the pharmacist's office too. He, uh, no, no, no. We don't. We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Fair. No. Okay. Let's. Yeah. We'll play some defense. Uh, but let's talk about this, man. So last week you were right in the middle of that house mix for a minute. Uh, were you satisfied with the end result? I know it wasn't you. Uh, that wasn't my my first choice. I, I actually threw you a nice post on Twitter uh, when I saw your name drop. Dro- you know, drop into the hat there. Uh, but are we happy as a house with Mike Johnson? Yeah, very happy actually. Mike, listen, Mike Johnson is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you get what you get with him is somebody who is a constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. Um, he is fully supportive of our principles. That's how he came into politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also has a, a, a humble spirit about him. I think now in politics, you know, a lot of guys are flashy. A lot of guys come in with you know bravado and things of that nature. And that's not Mike. I think even people saw that from. You know his speech, accepting uh, the 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 vote as becoming Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. He's just a humble individual, um, family first man, God first man, cares about this country deeply, um, but is humble, is willing to talk with everybody, willing to engage on policy, not really politics per se. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a welcome change, and it's going to be a good step in the right direction for the Speaker's office. Okay, well I think a lot of people were encouraged initially by something we saw him talking about over the weekend which was a standalone bill in terms of funding the war in Israel or whatever aid we're sending over that way. Um, Can we take that as a sign that this is a direction the House is going to go in under his leadership? Yeah, exactly. Actually, I was just on a call about half hour ago, 30 minutes ago, so, and that's exactly what we were talking about was the Israel package is going to come to the House floor this week, standalone. It's not going to be thrown in with a bunch of other stuff. Um, We are going to pay for that. We're not just going to go borrow the money um, mm-hmm. because, you know, this is, you know, this is the the the, the business side of this interview, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Janet Yellen's having a hard time borrowing funds I in know. the open market for the United States government. It's becoming very expensive. Yeah. So in Congress, you know, these these supplemental items um, that the president may want to do, we're going to pay for those. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to allow them to keep all of their fun, all their Green New Deal stuff that they did to the tune of a, a tune of a trillion dollars. Yeah. Um, and then go borrow money to help our ally Ukraine, uh, Israel. We're not going to do that. Yeah, that's bananas. We're talking to Byron Donalds from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. I mean, when you're $33 trillion in debt, like at some point you have to play defense, you know. And sadly, what I think has happened, and you might get this analogy, but in your younger single days, you always had that group of friends that wanted to send a round of drinks over to some girls. But those friends never had their wallets on them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's the left. That's been a lot of the big government spending in Washington. We have a lot of pie-in-the-sky ideas that we think are great ideas, but when it comes time to pay for them, nobody has their wallet on them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. They love buying drinks with other people's money. They <laughs> enjoy that. You know, it's like Jimmy Fallon's got is the one with the open tab, and the Dems are there to spend your money, Jimmy. That's just the way it is. Um, but look, we're gonna we're not gonna do that. We understand that you can't just take people's money to t- fulfill your own political wishes. We we're gonna be responsible with that. And I think with with uh, Mike Johnson now being Speaker of the House, there's a commitment there that we're not gonna play the old games. We're not gonna just do uh, these gimmicky pay fors that they sound good when you talk about them, mm-hmm. but in reality, it goes nowhere. We're we're done with. 
with that. Right. <clears throat> and so that's why I'm happy for him. That's why I'm happy for the house. Oh, that's a win. And and let's let's not act like it's it's the end of your media persona. I'm watching a report yesterday. I believe Marie was asking you about possibly being on Trump's VP list. Like what? what I mean, you got action, man. I mean, yeah, Maria put me on the spot with that one. I didn't expect her to ask me. Uh, but look, man, I, that's something that's not in my control. That's, President Trump's going to make that decision. And whatever decision he makes, I'm going to support it. Um, it's about the country. Yep. But, so, you know, don't really have news on that one. Well, and maybe you don't have news, but, I mean, when you watch who's currently doing the gig, do you ever, like, this This happens to me. Like, sometimes as a comic, you, you're watching other acts perform in bigger roles than the one you're in. And, you know, you make a value judgment as you're sitting there on the couch, like, could I or couldn't I do that job? Do you ever watch Kamala Harris and feel like you couldn't do the job of VP? Oh, yeah. No, I'm watching her. Man, shoot, anybody can do that job. <laughs> I mean, she's just not good at it. Let's just be, first and foremost, she's not good at it. And then number two, and more importantly, um, somebody in that White House has got to say we got to reverse course. Yeah. Like, it's got to be somebody. And right now, the way it appears is that everybody is, is content to go along with the crazy. Um, and, and that's just not me. You know, I think, you know, she is doing a real disservice to the country. And, you know, I'm not a Democrat, but yeah. she's doing a disservice to her party. Because I think voters looking around being like, dang, number one is terrible. Number two is terrible. This is all we got as a party. This don't look good. (laughs) This is the problem of laughing. Uh, We were watching. She was on 60 Minutes last night, and she was asked the question as to why they're not popular. She's like, how come, you know, this administration isn't polling well? And she said it's a messaging problem. She said people just don't understand how much good they've done for them. But (laughs) Come on. Jimmy, Jimmy, stop. Stop. That's like that's like post game. A team loses badly. You ask the quarterback and the tight end. This this is not the Kansas City Chiefs because they're actually good, even though they looked bad yesterday. But that's yeah. all right. They'll turn it around. But you ask the quarterback and the tight end. Hey, you guys aren't playing well. Why do people think that you guys suck? And they say, Oh, it's because we wore, we wore the wrong socks today. Our cleats didn't look flashy. No, it's because you can't play. It's because you suck at this, and everybody knows it. That's why you're not pulling well because you're bad at your jobs. But she can't say that. That that's something I could say, Jimmy. Yeah. Maybe Leslie Stahl. Is she still doing sixty minutes? I don't know. I don't really watch sixty minutes. <laughs> that's a, that's she could ask me, I will tell her that. You'd level with her. You'd say I'd, of course. Because this is the kind of team right now that loses forty to nothing and they say the problem is they didn't drive an electric bus to the game. And it's all a gym. Jimmy is terrible. Every policy set is terrible. Uh, we've, you know, we've abandoned four embassies under Joe Biden's presidency. Yep. I don't know if people know this. Yep. Four embassies have been abandoned under his presidencies. That's 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 god awful. Yeah. That's never happened to an American president. It's happened under Joe Biden. He's the worst. He's <laughs> got to be replaced. It's that simple. No, I agree. We're talking to Byron Donalds. I mean, when you see things like what's going on at the colleges and up here in New York, I mean, Cornell had one over the weekend where. You know, the kids at the Jewish Student Union are being told to stay home because it's not safe to go. Uh, Brooklyn, they had a flood Brooklyn for Gaza over the weekend where they were telling Jewish people to avoid their neighborhood in Crown Heights. Like, that doesn't sound like a country that's practicing religious freedom. But what's funny is we were told the last go round that when Biden was running for president, we were engaged in a battle for the soul of our nation because, according to Biden, racism had gotten out of control under Trump. But I've actually never seen this level of open racism under any president in my lifetime of you? 
No, I have not. And and I think this demonstrates where the radical left is taking this country. For the radical left, they're allowed to yell at people, tell people to stay indoors. They're allowed to burn property. And that's all in support of free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And so Jewish people in, this, in our country should not have to be – not to have to stay indoors yeah. or not have to be quiet about who they are because of fears of the radical left. Are you kidding me? Yeah. First, the second thing – and let's also be clear about this. Mm-hmm. Most of these people on the radical left, they are soft as tissue paper. Mm-hmm. Can we acknowledge something? Because these are the same people who will say, oh, well, we can't have – we can't have you go into the Hamas tunnels and obliterate Hamas. That's not right. We need a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. You are weak. Yep. And so I would tell Jewish people in our country, do not shy away from these people. They like to talk tough. They like to be loud. They obviously love social media. You stand toe-to-toe with these fools, they will fall back because they exhibit weakness all the time. Oh, it's so true, man. And that's the part that drives me crazy is this is the side that brought us like safe spaces and all the emotional bubble wrap they put around college campuses. Like as a comedian, the list of words and things they don't want you to say is longer than your act. You know, this you, you perform for 45 <laughs> minutes, but there's an hour and a half yeah. before that where they tell you what's off limits. And now they're just screaming about, you know. Supporting a terror group, it's crazy. Um, Jimmy, yep. they only like to be loud when they're in large groups. Oh, so well. And when you stand up to their group, they start shutting up. Yeah, they don't want I remember we, okay. there was a, I was in Philadelphia for a Moms for Liberty event, mm-hmm. and we pulled up, and they had a protest in front of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And we're pulling up because we had just left President Trump. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm in the van with a lot of the media people, and my wife is with me. Mm-hmm. And the guy pulled up to the street, and the protesters tried to stop the van from going to the hotel. So you know me, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm thinking, we'll open the door. Shoot, that means it's time for me to walk through. <laughs> my, wife, my wife was like, no, don't do that. We're in here with the press. Don't do that. I said, why not? These people don't scare me. <laughs> I'm not going to be intimidated by these fools. No. I'm not. No. Listen. So I think Americans need to understand, you got to stand up to this foolishness. The only way you deal with, with these people, you stand toe-to-toe with them, and you do not flinch. No. Nope. No, listen, man, you're right, because it's the only thing they respect and understand is strength. Like, they've gotten as vocal as they have because people have allowed them to get vocal. And I think that's part of the problem in the world stage, man. We're not we're not projecting strength. You know, we were supposed to be the team nobody wants to play, and right mm-hmm. now people are trying to schedule us as their homecoming opponent. Oh, my that's so bad, but it's true. You know how that's true? Because Joe Biden goes over to Israel, and these other nations tell him, hey, man, I know we were supposed to meet, but nah, I don't want to meet no more. I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, don't call Don't call me. We'll call you. That's the message they're giving Joe Biden. Sad. And it's so disrespectful. Yeah. And it's, it's terrible that we're in this position. Yeah. But this is where strength in leadership really matters. But now, let me give you the public service announcement for this interview, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I do not condone violence. I think violence is wrong. I do. Mm -hmm. I think it's wrong. We should not promote violence. Mm -hmm. However, if violence is perpetrated upon you from a nation state perspective, whether it's Israel or us in the United States, we have a responsibility and a duty to respond. Because if you do not, all you're going to do is invite more of it. Conversely, for for the American people. If you see these silly little college protesters who don't even know what they're talking about because they're too young and they're immature and they've not lived life, and you see them yelling and screaming, don't run away from them. Mm -hmm. Go about your business and go where you're going. Do not physically engage them. This is all the public service announcement, Jimmy. I get it. This is legal speaking now. I get it. This is legal. (laughs) We're being being responsible citizens. (laughs) 
<laughs> but if one of these fools puts their hands on you, mm-hmm. you do have a responsibility to protect yourself. I'm gonna leave it at that, Jimmy. <laughs> I think it was very well. I think it was very well said. Uh, in in addition to being a, a speaker candidate, a guy on a short list for VP, a star handicapper, you're also a phenomenal life coach, BD. We will leave it there. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for living up to your billing as always. Okay, brother. <laughs> Appreciate it, Jimmy. Take it easy. There he goes, the great Byron Donalds, telling you exactly like it is, man. And it's a phenomenal life coach. If these idiots are going to attack us and our allies, we have a responsibility to the world to respond. Just the same as if someone's going to go hit you with a sign on the way home, okay? That's the reality of right now, okay? We've emboldened a lot of people who, to be honest with you, aren't tough, but they're certainly willing to act like it. Are you threatening me, sir? Every day they are, but the one thing they'll respect every time is if you tell each and every one of them to f*** off. Lincoln Fallon joins us next. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And the jersey was on when he left the house this morning. For the final time this year, the 6-1 and one Clark Rams heading to Roosevelt, trying to close the season in high style. And joining us now for a preview, the captain, number 64, Lincoln Fela in the house. Hey, man. What's up? How are the Rams feeling? It's the last one. It's the grand finale. Good. All right. Well, you know, you're going up against the high school. You've played a lot of historic schools this year. You played the world-famous, internationally renowned Division Avenue High School. Mm-hmm. How'd you do against them? 40 nothing. I think it was 46. <laughs> you're being nice. I think Mineola was 40 nothing. Uh, today, you're going against Roosevelt, which was the former high school of Chuck D and Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. Mm. Now, Flavor Flav was out at a Milwaukee Bucks game yesterday singing the national anthem. So I don't think you're going to get heckled by a guy with a clock around his neck today. Uh, but are you guys fired up for this one? Yeah. You sound fired up. <laughs> Did you get enough sleep last night? Yeah. I was coming back from D.C. What were the Rams doing to prepare? Was there a pasta party? What, what happened? a pasta party. Okay. Can you guarantee our fans that the Rams are going to play better than the, your Pittsburgh Steelers did yesterday? Oh, uh, yeah. That was a rough yeah. one. What happened to the Steelers? Their QB got hurt at the end of the second quarter. And, and that, that kind of killed it. You don't, you're not a Trubisky guy? No, we threw three picks. <laughs> so if you had the choice to swap in an NFL quarterback named Mitch Trubisky for Matt Kurz, you sticking no, with Kurz? I'm sticking with Kurz. <laughs> but, he has 300-pound offensive lineman blocking for him, and he throws three picks. It's embarrassing. We have, like, 180-pound offensive lineman, and he Matt throws, like, no picks. Okay, now let me ask you this. Based on what you've read in Mitchell Trubisky's Twitter account— who would you rather go to the after party with? Uh, that was old Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> You're saying he's calmed down he's now? He's a family man now. Mitch Trubisky back in like 2011, for people who don't know, tweeted a lot of profanity about things he liked about women. Uh, and those tweets are still up, apparently. <laughs> it's a little different look for the Steelers. Uh, but Lincoln Fela, it's the final game. Now listen, you guys have had a really good year, man. So I know you want to go out on a high note. Um... But it's a weekday game. Uh, it is raining, which gives you guys an advantage because you guys are incredible in the rain. It's rained every game but one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is the weekday format throwing you off? Because your, no. o- your only loss of the year was against Wontaw on a weekday, Lincoln. So will the, will the Rams have the formula down? The betters just want to know. Yeah. We're in a rough economy. This Bidenomics thing is not working out. Give me a prediction on the Rams. 36-12. Ooh, you guys? Yeah. 
Over Roosevelt? Yeah. Dude, I might have to fight Chuck D in the parking lot if you beat him that bad. You might have to shave a few points. I don't have to fight public enemy, Professor Griff. 36-12 is the grand finale. And I told our listeners, uh, you guys got to practice with varsity this week. What was that like? They just brought us in there to make the other guys mad. No, so you guys were like tackling, yeah. you were tackling dummies? Yeah, we ran a couple plays, but it was like just kind of to tell them to get their stuff together. <laughs> but the co- did the coach say stuff? No. <laughs> My coach has had an interesting vocabulary like that, too. But you know what makes you tougher? Builds character. None of this safe stays bubble wrap snowflake crap. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You Rams want to finish off Roosevelt on the road. Uh, do you have a scouting report for me on the Roosevelt moms? Because that's all I'm interested in. No. I'm not going to watch this game. I want to see what these kind of ladies they have in the bleachers, you know? I've been surrounded by Clark women and ponchos all year. It's been, it really is. If you're just a dirtbag at a football game, you haven't been checking out women this year. It has been ponchos galore. But the Rams are scoring galore. 36-12, to 12, the, the prediction. That's what you said? Mm-hmm. All right, make us proud, Link, man. Right. The show is over. I'm heading now to Roosevelt High School. I'll see you on Strong Island. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fallon. You're the worst. Get him out of here. Get him out. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.